Welcome to the Nifty Chicks. In this episode, we chat with Gwendolyn Regina, Investment Director at BNB Chain. She talks about her career path through tech, her ability to vision out the future, and the BNB Chain ecosystem. Let's do this. Okay, welcome to the Nifty Chicks. Super excited to have. Gwendolyn Regina, who is the investment director for BNB Chain. I am so happy that you guys reached out to us and we were able to make this work with very differing time zones as you are in Singapore and we are scattered across Puerto Rico and Texas. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Time zones is like fact of daily life and especially blockchain web three life. Oh, 100%. So I'm, I'm, I love, I was reading your bio and your background and you have had quite the, I guess, the life. Um, so now you're with BNB chain, but before that you've done, you've been in investment strategy and portfolio management and you were at Meta. I can't wait to hear more about that. So tell us, just a little bit more about your background and what brought you into blockchain and cryptocurrency and NFTs and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you, Intisal. Um, So I've spent the last 16, 17 years in the worlds of technology, technology startups specifically, and media. So I've worn many different hats. Um, as a founder, I was lucky to have had that tech block acquired by someone bigger, someone else. I've also um, started a f an investment fund a long time ago in partnership with the Singapore government. Um, I, I, I set up, um, I brought Mashable, an American um, and a top millennial media publication to Asia Pacific. I have launched a new fast track growth program for startups uh, within Meta. So yeah, you, you mentioned Meta earlier. So I've done several things, but always at a always around technology because that's really a core interest of mine since I was very very young, and it started off from a more science and physics aspect, and 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 technology kind of evolved into it. All for all of it for me is rolled into one, right? And when I first saw Bitcoin in 2010, so a really long time ago now, it was for me mind-blowing when I first saw what it could do. For me, it was, wow, this is how money uh, should be transferred globally, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it, it led on this journey. Um, and yeah, it brought me to today. But I would say that the first seven years of my quote-unquote introduction to the Bitcoin and then the crypto blockchain world was actually spent uh, running two things. So I was super busy. Didn't really pay Bitcoin super much attention, even though I was mind-blown. Um, and Shucks. doing... Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I know. So I, was, I was just thinking, I'm like, so does that mean you got in and invested yeah. in 2010? <laughs> No, I, I tried to mine and then uh, then only a few years later, I bought like, you know, some, you know, stuff like that, but nothing major, right? But then in 2016, 2017, as with a lot of people as well, I started coming back into space and I, start, I started to do, I wanted to do a new startup uh, then again, because I'm also an entrepreneur, right? And I, I gave it a shot, didn't work out, did a few other things and now we're here. Oh my gosh, you, you make it sound so simple. <laughs> and one of the things I, I want to kind of 
key into here is that you've been, I mean, uh, everyone knows that we swear a little bit on this show. You've been a badass woman in a very male dominant space. Um, tech is extremely male dominant. You've got finance uh, layer onto that. And now you've got Web3. So talk to me about your experience, um, not only like, uh, you know, being in that space, being surrounded by, you know, men, um, but then also like breaking through and carving your own path. Thanks, Jen and FT. So that male-dominated concept, right, of all the, the stuff I do, yeah, is, is definitely there. I would say that for myself, I I really appreciate you saying that. Also, very, very kind words. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I am a bit, I don't know. I don't know whether the word is weirded out because I've never really seen myself, I've defined myself like, hey, I'm a woman in tech, right? It's just that I love tech. That's it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think when I first started out in the space, one of the key things that I was worried about or felt more um, bias against me was not about uh, being a female, was the fact that I was young. Actually, that was a bigger one. was more ageism, actually. Yeah, so I started really early because I started my entrepreneurial journey in in college, right? And even a tech blog started then, even though it was as a hobby. But it's always surrounded by, as you said, men, uh, much older men, right? Some, a few women, you know, sprinkling of women, but again, mostly uh, male-dominated, as you mentioned. And I think what I felt was more, like, when they looked at me, even though I had, like, more senior partners that I worked with, you know, you know that whom I learned from, and I learned from the entrepreneurs and, and, and other investors that I learned from, it was always like, if you're so young, what do you know? Mm-hmm. And I can see that point of view, Right. Because if you haven't really built anything yourself, why can't, how and why can you, you know, comment on other people's products and innovations, right? So I came from an angle more like, and this goes back to even the sexism, potential sexism or sexism in the industry or just globally, right? I always just like retracted, not retracted, but more like I would just think of myself, where I'm coming from, my angle, right? I don't define myself as young or old or, or a female or woman, right? I just go back to, okay, what am I interested in? I, I lead by myself by curiosity. I come from a angle where, okay, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. And also the law of things I don't know what I don't know, right? And mm. you have to remain humility. And so I approach things where, okay, I may not be the expert here, but this is from my point of view. And from that perspective, you know, I think it's valid. Right. And again, uh, there's a lot of other things that I I don't know about. So take that comment as you will. So I think I approach life in, in this way. So the whole gender thing, and I really want to address that, that question as well, has never really bothered me, I think. I think I've been one of the lucky few. Slash maybe I just don't see it as much. And um, yeah, so just throughout, I, I yeah, I'm highly aware that I've been in male-dominated industries and it's it's been a journey where, as mentioned earlier, I've been I think I've been lucky to have had, and been lucky to haven't had any major stories that's been you know like oh, you know just sexism or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe one of the rare, rare women out there who haven't really gotten that. Sure, has just some minor stuff, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, um, you know, to, to think of, of you in this space, Bitcoin comes to, to be 2010 super early and you, uh, it just seems like based on what you've shared that it just made sense to you. You're like, okay, this is going to be a thing. Um, for so many of us, it's hard to understand and visualize how it's going to be a thing. Um, I'm fortunate enough to now be in the space for long enough that I, I'm a full believer in it and in crypto and it being the future. I'm really excited about it. But help for some of our listeners who are struggling to see the purpose of, you know, Bitcoin or even cryptocurrencies on a larger scale. Um, help us understand kind of what the future looks like for Bitcoin and how you were so easily able to like how it made sense to you. Yeah. Great question. For me, technology has, again, always been my core. When I first saw Bitcoin, to me, it was a next step change. Paradigm shift, literally, in technology. So I came from the angle. So like you said, it was obvious to me. But I can understand how it's, you know, digital money. What's that? You know, you can delete code, so to speak, right? And then, well, the money, poof, disappears, right? I mean, I still get questions um, from friends, like, all the time. Some of them joke, Gwen, I know you told me about Bitcoin in 2010. And then every two years, I'll be reminding them, right? And now, (laughs) even then, they're still not in, right? Or they put in, like, small amounts of money, for example, or to participate in in the world, right? And again, for me, it's always about tech. It's not really about the money, right? It's about what it enables, so I think when you think from a use case angle, Bitcoin when I first saw it was really the first use case uh, in terms of, again, transfer of money. Back in 2010, I didn't yet saw that smart contract potential. I think that was still very, very far um, from 2010, sure. right? Yeah. yeah, so that only started coming in uh, for me, uh, you know, like the 2016, 2017 kind of run. So for me, I think um, how it would best like to kind of uh, think about Bitcoin, blockchain, and then Web3 is that it's, again, it's just technology. When Mm -hmm. people was first invented years and years ago, it was technology. When the wheel was invented, it was technology. Our phones were technology once, but now it's just part of our everyday life, right? So everything that we're kind of used to now was super innovative to someone at that point in time. And then to Mm -hmm. even other people around them before even it was just a concept right so i think for for bitcoin and blockchain for your listeners who are just looking into the space i would say that um to not be put off by all the terminology that's going around in the space right now which i know there's a lot of right and it is like you're almost like being exposed to a world where whoa you're, you're speaking a different language Mm-hmm. Right? Minty Cell yeah. says that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, time. so it is. Yeah, exactly. So it is true. And, and I, I understand how it's going to be really difficult for that. So I would say start from one thing that interests you about, about Bitcoin, about blockchain and Web3. It, it could be from a just, okay, why does the price move up so much? Why is it so volatile? Right. Or if you're more interested in the fact that uh, people uh, are using Bitcoin to buy and sell stuff, that countries have adopted Bitcoin as, a, as legal th- tender, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you go even deeper, then, hey, what's a smart contract platform, right? Which is where BNB chain, I mean, which we are. So I think to lead by your curiosity and find a point where you can just almost like 
open the rabbit hole for yourself. And yeah, so for I think to, to have to sum it up, so to speak, in one sentence, Bitcoin blockchain is just technology. It is a step change. It is a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. But it's also one where we can all be part of. And at some point, it's going to be not talked about by us at all. Right? Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. we don't talk about, again, TCPIP and stuff like that, underlying technologies that power literally like our call now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting you say that. I, I think about it as like, um, I was probably too young to to shift from paying with cash and checks to credit cards. But I would imagine for a lot of people, it's a very similar shift. Like when when someone received a credit card, it's like, how is this money? I can't like then just give it to someone and now they have $10 or they have $20. It's like, it's all, I mean, it is essentially digital currency through, you know, mechanisms, right? It's very similar. You're holding a card, but you're not holding dollars. And so I think that's kind of, I would imagine for a lot of people that shift is similar to like what cryptocurrency is. It's like, you're not holding the actual coins. You don't get a bag of coins that you can now put on your desk and be like, put it in a safe. And now there's it's digital, but so is the money that is transacted during credit cards, right? I mean, that's a great example. That's a great example, Jen NFT. Yeah, you're right. Credit cards, even, yeah, credit cards, it's digital money, but even the debit cards is digital money. Right? Credit, is even, credit cards is a different part of debit cards, right? Debit cards are you, ca- you cash, you already have the bank. Credit is literally creating money out of thin air. And there's all, the banking system is another point altogether mm-hmm. so you're right i think um in terms of the transition but you're right it is yeah. actually just digital money it doesn't get credit but <laughs> then you think about it you think about it when you do a credit card or a debit card transaction you're not actually thinking about the technology behind that you're just swiping that card and knowing that money is traveling through the air from here to there and <laughs> you know coming out yeah. of your account and into their account and you're not even thinking about a TPS, right? The transactions per second. You're like, you yeah. expect it will work. <laughs> but exactly. also, the te- also that technology has gotten to the point where we don't have to worry about it. We just stand in front of the retail counter, wait like, you know, 20 seconds for the transaction to pass through. And then oh my God. Yeah. And then like you think about it, I, it's, it amazes me too, just even from like back in the day when you like you put your card in or swipe your card and then it'd be like, beep up, boop up, whatever. And you, like, you know, a few minutes, like 30 seconds or whatever. And now it's just a tap and it's like, you tap your credit card and it's, and then it's approved. And you're like, Oh, that was so fast and easy. And, and not even credit card now, right? You can pay with your phone. Your credit card is in oh, your true, phone. Oh, true. Yeah. And, then, and pay with the watch. Put your right? watch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Th- there we go. There we go. Next yeah. time it's going to be like a chip embedded in our, I don't know. Hand. Exactly. That's, uh, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> okay. Now you're going down a really, really mm, scary, scary road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scary to us now, but the future's going to be so normal again, right? Yeah, yeah, right. You go to the store, the physical store, grocery store, if you are in, pick up stuff and you just walk out and your, your chip here is just going to be debited. Right. Well, oh I mean, gosh. you can already do that with Amazon, right? Yes. Yeah. Whole Foods, you yeah. walk in, yeah. it, it knows your account and you get your stuff. And Yeah. Yeah, I did that for the I, first time last year. I was like, wow. Because I, when, I, when I was in the U.S. again last year. Yeah. That's amazing. But so I feel crazy. like I want to go into your brain and just see <laughs> what you see in the vision. Like, 
I want to see what you think of when 20 years from now, I want to see what that world looks like. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's a very interesting question. You're absolutely right. That is a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to, I want to know, well, there's, I mean, I have lots of questions for you. So let's go backwards just real quick and then we'll go to present day. So I want to know what it was like working at Meta and the fast track, fast growth, and just overall in general, what it was like being a part yeah. of Meta and what they're building? So for me, my my career has always been either entrepreneurial, intrapreneurial, or as an investor. And so again, everything always centered around technology, new markets, new products, new innovation. So specifically, my, my role at Meta was a new one in, it was a, basically a new one globally. And it was to create a new way of accelerating startups. So I created a whole program for, for Southeast Asia and then um, um, and Asia Pacific at large, but focus on Southeast Asia first, where we really thought about, okay, how can we look and work with future unicorns? So basically innovative startups from the get-go. So that for me, you know, that angle of always like, which are the startups that will be amazing in the future? Which startups will bring value? It's something that really has been a threat to throughout my 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 life, my career, right? So I bring that with with me to my current role at BNB Chain as well, right? Because at BNB Chain, it's basically the same thing. It's always about who is innovative, who's doing cool things, who's thinking about a market or problem in a very very different way, or who has different expertise and backgrounds that lend their, themselves to creating a new, new solution that can only be done by, I don't know, 100 other people in the world, right? Maybe a PhD is very, very specific in something. So that's how I think about things where it's, it's really about the people, the builders, entrepreneurs in front of me, what are they trying to do and how would they bring to life something that can change our lives like we as mm -hmm. as a human being right could be to live to work to play and so yeah i'm incredibly excited about that because gen nft you were saying yeah what's the future in 20 years right something like that right when you're investing when you're working with startups and builders and creating all these programs around it you know and bnb chain has many incubation programs and acceleration programs as well as well we really think about okay what you're building and more importantly, in the, over the next six to six to twenty-four months, how can you really best accelerate your growth? Because in ten years or twenty years, like it's actually quite far away. We're going to be very shocked by what we can predict now. If we write, if we write down now, you know, and and go mm -hmm. on record, whatever you have, whatever, what have you, it's. I'm going to probably be very wrong, and I want to be wrong to some extent, right? Because mm -hmm. I want to be surprised by the future, and so that's mm -hmm. immensely exciting for me. Yeah, that must have been so fun. I mean, like if I could like think of like the world's most fun job, I feel like that would be it. It's like really talking with innovators, people who are really visionaries, people who are really trying to change and shape the world and how we operate with one another on a daily basis. Like that's got to be so fun. I don't know how you could have like sorted through the good and the bad. I've been like, every idea is so fun. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great point, right? So when I first started looking at startups and, and reviewing quote unquote business plans, even from yeah. in college, right? It was, I was like, wow, number one, very cool. Like, why am I seeing like, you know, a, like 20 page uh, word document with, with, interesting ideas that hasn't been invented yet, 
right? Or hasn't been, like it's literally a product that maybe I might use one day. And it's just, so I, I think filtering through ideas and filtering through teams and projects does take pattern recognition. There's a science and art to it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so even like, for example, at BAB Chain now, you know, when we look at startups in front of us, we definitely try to, you know, assess them from both a very quantitative perspective, but it's also the qualitative perspective, right? So the science and the art. Because that's what you need to do in when talking to builders and entrepreneurs and to figure out which ones you can help more. Because, you know, there's so many builders and entrepreneurs out there. It is impossible to really help them all, even if you really, really want to. Even if you build like programs and one to many programs, um, we and we do that at BNB Chain as well, it's, it's, it's really about figuring out which ones to go deeper with, right? So you want to select uh, teams um, so that they can really help more. Hmm. I, I feel I th- like this relates back to NFTs by the fact of like you look at all the different things about an NFT project. You're not just looking at the art. It's the art. It's the team behind it. It's the, you know, what's their experience? Do they have, um, you know, are they doing something or do they have a good community? Um, what's the utility? So it's it's the overall thing that you're looking for. It's like the, I don't know, the magic equation, right? You have to bring it yes. all together. So that's a great point that you mentioned that, um, Minty Cell. So when I think about investing in projects and teams, I I ask myself, I, th- I put them, I, I kind of assess them through that equation. The coefficients are different. Right, right. Like how a quote unquote. I mean, all of them are important, but which one is quote unquote more important? And team is the most important, I would mm-hmm. say. But the other thing I also say is that when you know you assess an NFT collection, NFT project, or just a, a, a project or a startup, I also look for spikes. Right, I look for maybe you know you don't have the holistic um, skill sets now in your team. But what are you strongest in? Is your spike that you've had a PhD in XYZ for the last, you know, and you've been working the space in that tech, very deeply technology space for the last 20 years, right? Or have you been an artist who have, you know, been in the space for creating art for 20 years again? So different right. spikes. And I do believe that if you've done, you've been an expert in your space and if you're able, then, you know, then the next test is that can you bring in other people who can complement you to... Right to make sure that that equation is more holistically filled up, so to speak. I think that's important. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I want to take us to kind of today, present day. So you are now the investment director at BNB Chain. Um, share with our audience a little bit about what it's like to be you as the investment director at BNB Chain. In my role, I am really like mind blown and impressed by the startups in front of me on a daily basis. Yeah. So it's when I talk and I do the calls with, with people, it's always so humbling, right? Cause you have people building new things. You have people putting perhaps their, their, their own other interests and, and lives on hold to bring something that are deeply passionate about or to bring something that really believe will change the, the Web3 world or just the world into life. So in my role, I, on a daily basis, I talk to many founders, entrepreneurs, builders. I talk to um, investors. I talk to the community. And 
And then what we do after that is to try to figure out, as I mentioned earlier, how can we best help you? Because we cannot help everyone, right? But for those that, you know, are further along, more traction and, uh, you know, strategic to and, and important and we think are innovative to both the BNB chain ecosystem as well as blockchain and Web3 in general, we want to accelerate your growth even more. Mm, that's awesome. That's interesting. <laughs> so I want to know, um, you've got, you know, some different projects going on and some tokens. Uh, I want to know more about the Soulbound token that's being built on the BNB smart chain. And then, of course, I have to ask about this music mania because I'm a huge music fan. In fact, I just got back from, was in Denver and I went to five shows in like a week. <laughs> wow, okay. okay you're yeah. a real music fan there. So let, let's start with the music, <laughs> music side of things. So music is a category that all of us participate in, right? Exactly. We, we attend concerts, we listen to streaming, you know, on, on the different platforms. And music is a, is a category that I think personally that over the next 6 to 24 months, we'll see much more building here. We're going to see... We're I, already I hope seeing, so. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because there's so much to so much to reinvent in, in music, right? So when you think about the music industry first, it, we know that in the Web2 space, it is not so equitable in terms of the the, the, the upside. The, the musicians and creators only get around 12% of the streaming revenues, right? And that is something that, you know, I think like, hey, they should get more, you know, they are creating stuff. The platforms and distributions are important as well. But the question is that how can it, can it be more fair? So I think there's something that music, uh, a blockchain and Web3 can really try to solve some of the problems and inefficiencies in, in many industries, but music as, as well. And I think now is the time where we've been seeing more projects thinking about music building. So everything from rethinking royalties, rethinking crowdfunding and stuff like that. So on BNB Chain, we have a few projects that are very interesting. One of them is Corite, C-O-R-I-T-E. And they allow musicians to crowdfund um their next upcoming release with their fans. So Corey worked with Alan Walker as one of the artists, you know, one of the world's most famous DJs. And, and Alan Walker, you know, had more than 3,000 of his, over his fans participate um, in the campaign as well. And so this is one example where we're seeing interesting things. You know, we're seeing a few other projects as well. There's Native on BNB Chain, Rocky and Mellow. So all doing slightly, slightly different things, you know, but all within the same space, right? Rethinking, you know, how can you um, sell music essentially? So, so yeah, so music uh, as a category is, is something that we're seeing more builders already now, which means that, you know, from a... Uh, a, um, a person like ourselves to really be using it on a daily basis. You know, I am optimistic. I'm hoping that in the next, you know, two to three years, I think we will be more used to using quote unquote music five projects in our daily lives. That's super interesting. And um, one thing, so if I take this back to what BNB chain is and correct me if I'm wrong. So BNB chain is essentially a, um, a, a, a sub kind of organization and company of Binance and BNB chain isn't, it's not. No. So, okay. so, okay, wait. Yeah. So, so let's clarify that. Right. Thanks for that question. Yeah. Important question. So BNB chain is a smart contract platform. 
just okay. like Ethereum, right? So we live in that decentralized world. The connection with Binance is that Binance kicked off BNB chain two years ago, right? So the core team, you know, and there's still a big con community contributor to, to BNB Chain because the core team is, is supported and, and sponsored by BNB Chain, for example. But really, as a smart contract platform, we have many participate, participants and organizations that are helping to, to bring BNB Chain to life that literally is not Binance. So it's a community-owned protocol, really. So from a, bringing a little bit more technical talk into it, we have 21 validators now. We're moving to 41 soon. And what that means practically is that just more people would be involved in making sure that BNB Chain as a, as a platform is, exists. Okay, got it. That's helpful. Thank you for clarifying. Yes, thank and you. Thank you very yeah, much for that. Because I knew that there was a connection, but I didn't know quite how that worked. And so BNB Chain is essentially an ecosystem. So you can not only uh, buy BNB coins, but you can also um, engage in the ecosystem, including of including a marketplace, right? An NFT marketplace. And my understanding is that BNB uh, Chain's marketplace, NFT marketplace, has been doing quite well and growing. Talk to us a little bit about that because we spend a lot of time talking about various NFT projects. And um, because it's the leading marketplace right now, a lot of our shows kind of revert back to OpenSea um, to any demonstrations on how to engage with OpenSea. So talk to us about um, the NFT uh, marketplace that BNB Chain has, and why that our our users, our listeners, and and us should be kind of looking to BNB Chain's NFT marketplace versus others. Yeah, so the NFT marketplaces that support BNB Chain are quite a few. So there's no just one marketplace um, with BNB Chain NFTs because again, BNB Chain is a smart contract platform. It's it's permissionless. It's it's out there, which means that you can choose to build your NFTs on BNB Chain without without a core team being involved, right? And you can also support the listing um, and, and secondary sales of BNB Chain NFTs again without us, you know, kind of participating. So there's a few marketplaces that support BNB Chain NFTs, but I think for, for, I think what something I would like to address or talk about more interestingly is the NFT ecosystem, which you also kind of pointed out by Gen NFT is that the NFT ecosystem in BNB Chain has been increasing over the last, uh, like this year, actually. So the BNB Chain ecosystem has always been very, very diverse. So we have the largest Web3 community with 1 million daily active users, right? And all time high was 2.27 million. So we're the largest because, you know, we're several times more than all the other chains combined and communities combined. But what's interesting is that about 30 to 40% of this 1 million DAUs are gamers. So the gaming ecosystem in BNB Chain is very, 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 very strong. And as you, we all know here, a lot of games also have NFTs, right? So, so a lot of these gaming NFTs have been doing really well as well in the ecosystem. And just on a larger scale, this year, um, well, I, like BNB Chain NFT ecosystem has been increasing 
steadily in terms of quality, in terms of volume, um, again, especially this year. And we look at some stats and even, you know, a few blockchain analytics firm um, have independently, you know, put up charts and all. You see that the, the, NF, the NFT ecosystem uh, volume and stuff for BNB chain has kind of risen up and a few other chains have kind of gone down, right? So I don't think it's a zero-sum game, you know, all of us want the pie to grow bigger, right? We all want more people interested in buying art online, right? Because it's a lot of things, you know, and buying different NFTs for different kind of utility and stuff like that. So that's how we, you know, we think about things, you know, growing the pie, but also then how can we, you know, from an NFT perspective, how can we enable more of these different NFT collections, but also gaming NFTs kind of just grow even further. So there are different NFT marketplaces, but we also, the core team also have, um, we have different uh, programs and incentives, you know, to try to work with these uh, projects. For example, we have liquidity incentives. So think about it like gas fee rebates, right? Mm -hmm. Where we do, um, you know, help, projects that reach a certain threshold we give them some back in return and the higher you go the more you get and stuff like that so you know all these stuff yeah i think it's very helpful to especially younger projects and even older projects right because again we're here to to redistribute you know more fairly in a web3 world and nft ecosystem nft space is something that we strongly believe in we see much more value than just quote unquote buying a JPEG now, right? You you're seeing more utility in games, you're seeing utility in music NFTs as an example. And way more. Again, back to a point I made earlier, there'll be going to be so many use cases that we can't even like phantom right now. Mm-hmm. Got it. That's so interesting. This these are all newbie questions. I'm like fascinated by how all of this works. And I think of like OpenSea and they have Ethereum and Solana, I think is the is the newer one. And I think there's maybe one more that I haven't really engaged in. And so those are, those are essentially um, various blockchains that are engaged or utilizing OpenSea to help trade kind of the NFTs that are within those. So you're, you've got your own chain and you utilize and partner with other marketplaces like an OpenSea, but not OpenSea, um, to help you kind of transact. Yeah, the, so there's a few. I mean, to give like like names, there's Gala.io, uh, there's NFT Trade, for example, and a few others that also um, that also have um, BNB chain NFTs. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so versus like an NFT that we're buying with Ethereum, we would just buy with a BNB from the BNB chain. But that's exactly. okay. Got it. Okay, this is all. Super fascinating stuff. This is the click down it level sounds, that I try to avoid. It's all very confusing. <laughs> it sounds like we might uh, need to do some tutorials on this. <laughs> yes, that would be awesome, actually. We do quite a few tutorials on, on this. And so this would be a perfect example. And we can teach me how to engage on this. Right. BNB chain, yeah, ecosystem, yeah. Actually, that's a great point, right? Because I, I do think that, you know, blockchain and Web3 now is very hard to engage with, right? So earlier we talked about, you know, a little bit about um, not, un- not, not, not needing to know and not talking about the underlying technologies of the credit card system, right? Same thing with blockchain. I think at some point going to say that. But I think ultimately, the question is always about usability. So I think this mm-hmm. industry, we really need to do mm-hmm. a lot more in, in just making sure that the products are more user-friendly. 100%. Agreed. Please. Yeah. Um, and Jen FT and I've talked about this before on other shows. We've done like reviews and, you know, going through the tutorials and where 
we try to always be honest about it, you know, whether it's good or bad. Um, but, you know, we've done some where it's like, this is not easy. And, yeah. you know, it, we are, we know we're still early in all of this and it's going to get better. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> there's some, there's some that, you know, it's just like, you're not, it's, it's just not making it easy for a yeah. user to get started. And yeah, exactly. my, my biggest fear about that is that if somebody is not experienced in the space, doesn't understand, and they go to do, you know, get on one of these exchanges or, you know, marketplaces and it isn't easy, then they're going to get frustrated and they're going to go away and they may go away forever. Yeah. So, so correct. I, I think that could be, um, a, a big shock to some people and then they, they never come back, right? Or they come back later in a different form, um, much, right. much, much later. I, I think so uh, collectively, you know, I don't want to scare people too much, right? It is generally <laughs> right. like, you know, some parts of it is not easy, but some parts of it, I think people aren't trying to make strides in the space, right? They are thinking about, you know, getting more designers, right? So I've been, you know, telling people, hey, we need more UI UX designers, right? User, the user interface and user design, um, user experience um, designers into the space. So I, I would say that for your listeners out there who are, you know, you know, you talk about tutorials and are just getting the space. Yeah, watch more tutorials. You know, tutorials, right? My name's the chicks. You know, watch other tutorials. Read more tutorials. And and I, I would say just try, just test out. You know, putting in a little bit. You know, of of your own money playing around with some stuff so that you can learn about the the different platforms and ecosystems. Yeah, one thing is for sure is like it's there are no dumb questions in this space because we're all learning and we're all so new and trying to figure out this new way of being and um, and there's new chains and new projects and new coins popping up literally daily and it's uh, it feels nearly impossible to keep up so um, it's it's nice for BNB to really kind of be spearheading something like user friendliness as a core value um, to this. One of the other things I want to ask about because um, it's a scary space. Uh, Minty Cell was just alluding to this for people who are new. It's a scary space from a, how the user friendliness, but also from a security perspective. So I want to hear from you. Um, you know what is BNB doing? to ensure that people who are engaging on the BNB chain are safe? Yes, that's a very important question, apart from just user design. So I think from a user design's perspective, the ease of use helps people make less mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's one. So I think design mm -hmm. is important from that perspective. But on the more core, uh, core fundamental security of the protocols, of the tech, we launched a... Uh, a protocol or a, a product, so to speak, called Red Alarm, where we scan real time all the projects on BNB chain and we do highlight those suspicious ones where potential rug pulls, right? Or just scams, right? So you look at the smart contracts, you are doing a quote unquote auditing of the different projects and right. hiding them. But that's one. Second most important thing is that we've always worked closely with a lot of technology and security partners in the field. So you're talking about auditing firms, you're talking about uh, projects where, you know, who go deeper than just doing the audit of your smart contract, but they're also highlighting um, 
against suspicious projects. And now we're going to launch something soon where we're working with more people and organizations to, to work with Red Alarm as well. So it's not just a core team. So yeah, security is a very, very important um, part of the entire uh, thinking about it. Yeah. Mm. And actually, I just realized, Mentisa, I forgot to respond to your earlier questions about soulbound tokens. I'll just very, very quickly respond there yeah. and go back to that um, the security and other questions you might both have. Is that soulbound tokens are essentially tokens that represent who you are in the real world as you verifying that you are who you say you are. And soulbound tokens is very, very nascent. And it's something um, that the BNB chain, uh, like at BNB chain, we've been thinking about how can we help projects incorporate soulbound tokens even more because there's a lot of utility there. So going a little bit deeper, you know, there's, there's, there's KYC, there's the ability for credentialing, right? And so you can port over all of that and basically you, you verify who you say you are. And so projects right now are testing out with um, soulbound tokens to to yeah to accelerate their growth so just i just want to respond very quickly to that because yeah. they put my head i was like wait i forgot to respond to that <laughs> yeah that's amazing yeah. it's um, interesting so it, that you're you're sorry Mdiso, ahead, i, I want to kind of tag on to the, the what you just mentioned about soulbound token so um i think one of the benefits of cryptocurrencies and engaging in the Web3 space is that you don't have to be who you are and that you can stay anonymous. So um, talk to me about what your vision is with Soulbound Token, achieving what it's supposed to achieve while balancing the security and, and you know, um, kind of uh, desired anonymous kind of uh, love, yeah, love the question, Gen NFT, right? <laughs> yes, <You're... laughs> right. I am Docs, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. So, um, yes, the theory and philosophically, on a from a maximalist perspective of blockchain and Web three, is a non is decentralized. What I see and what BNB Chain we believe in is a world where it's CD five. C meaning CE for centralized. DeFi means decentralized finance. And I don't think the world will be entirely decentralized or entirely in a blockchain. Right. There's, um, there's going to be some aspects of non-blockchain stuff. There's going to be a centralized part of blockchain. There's going to be a decentralized part of blockchain. There's also going to be the middle component where it's kind of a mix of both, right? So... When it goes back to soulbound tokens, basically you're, you're almost you're doxing your you're you're not say doxing yourself because there's also the one of the abilities is that if I I mean the key thing another analogy is that if you would go to a grocery store um, and you want to buy alcohol right they usually ask to see your ID right. and why do I need to show you my ID with my birth date my full name you know and you know and stuff like that address is all there a lot of private details right. If you can go to, go up, show them, and prove to them that you're above whatever the legal age is in, in, in your state or country, right? Between 18, 21, or what have you. All they need to do, know is that your age, you're above that age. You don't need to know your exact age. I think that's ideal, right? So, right. so, so I think soulbound tokens, you know, again, we're very, very nascent in this space, but will allow aspects of that, right? Hmm. Where... 
the person in front of you can can trust that you are you are above a certain age you are doing you know and and, and or you know that you've gone to to a program here or attend a school here if it's important to them right and stuff like that so i think in the web3 world there exists a space where that's extremely um, important because there's a lot of real life use cases because in we still need KYC, we still need regulations, right? We're not saying that all these should go away, right? It's about coexisting with the world and to have a piece of technology kind of really be ubiquitous, right? You do need the entire institution of the world and society to be supporting it in different aspects of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that in this world, we'll have aspects of it where you are KYC, you're doxxed. And another aspect where you're more anonymous, right? You can have many different wallets. And I fully support that in a sense that the whole point about, about, about this and also just in general as people and human beings is that you already are, you know, you already have different identities. Your work colleagues know you as somewhat, as mm-hmm. have an image of you in a different way. Your listeners have the image, images of both of you in a different way. Your friends, your partners, you know, um, family also have a different perspective of you, right? So I think... You know, what more than in a digital world? In in the Web2 world, we have different social media platforms already. And depending on the platforms, we are already showing a different part of ourselves, right? On Instagram, we're showing more beautiful pictures maybe, right? Mm -hmm. And on other platforms on Twitter, you know, you are writing, trying to write short, snappy tweets or sometimes longer ones or threads, you know, depending on on your style, right? So the Web3 world, I think, where, you know, being a non- it's almost like uh, uh, almost, I would say, privilege as well as perhaps a right that we should have, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, we don't, we don't have the. There is no need for us to, you know, showcase our lives to everyone if we don't want to. If you want to, that's that's fine, right? Everyone can do what we're most comfortable with. So I do think that that we are a mix of both, where you know, there's aspects of it where the world knows who you say you are, and maybe you can reveal certain information that you only that you want to and it's a world where you know what it doesn't matter hmm. it, maybe it's a it's an ownership right so it it puts the onus on ourselves to own the information that we share versus um you know like you, the, i thought that analogy of the license and the um legal yeah. drinking age was perfect because i was like oh that makes sense right so like well, instead of having to show show your id you can say this proves that i'm above 21 in the states Therefore, I can buy alcohol, right? I don't need right. you to see my address so that you can come stalk me later. Exactly. It's, it's, but right? you get it's to control. That. That's, yeah. I think, the key word there yeah. is control. You control mm-hmm. your data and what you share or won't share. It goes back to, Jen, too, we were talking about um, earlier, the healthcare. And it's the right. same thing. Like, your doctor may not, or your pharmacy may not need to see everything, you know, that you talked about with your doctor or vice versa. So. Right. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's very, very important. Identity, self-sovereignty, right? You own it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gwen, for being here today. Um, I want to make sure that you share what's the best way to, you know, you get to decide what you want to share. So um, what's the best way to get in touch with you or, you know, keep track of what you're doing with B&B Chain and, and just you in general? Yeah, so BNB Chain, we are 
on platforms on internet as at BNB chain. So again, we're the uh, largest Web3 community, but we always want to have more people and say, we always keep saying, let's get crypto and blockchain to 1 billion users. And I think we can get there in a few mm -hmm. years. That's me like thinking, being, yeah, me being very optimistic. So for people who want to find out more, just again, find us on online BNB chain. We have many different programs that you will find out more. We have, if you're a new startup building the space, come to BNB chain. We have incubation programs. We again, has get gas fee rebates. We have a lot of education um, educational uh, platforms, hackathons, for example. And that's been, yes, thank you so much, bnbchain.org. So yeah, so you can visit the website, go to social media, and you can find us um, pretty much everywhere. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. This has been amazing. Thank you so much, Minty Cell and Jen NFT. Thank you for having me. It's great talking to you this early. My time, you pretty late your time, so. Right. <laughs> it is past my bedtime, but I would I would I stay know. up and listen to you talk all day long. So no, <laughs> is it really past your bedtime? I mean, it's eight. She it's does nine thirty here. Early. It wow. is nine thirty here, and I usually am in bed by now. So yes, no judgment. No judgment. Wow. No, I'm very impressed because, I, in a sense, I kind of want to, but I never go to bed that early. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. try. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> So thank oh, you for staying for... up, Jen NFT. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. This has been a lot of fun. This has been awesome. So I really, really appreciate yeah. you sharing the time with us. Thank you yeah. again. Thank, thank you, you both of you. Thank you, Nifty Chicks listeners. And yeah, I'll see you online. So once again, Jen FT, I feel like we have knocked it out of the park with our guests. I was just completely astounded by her. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, really. And, and you know, it's so interesting. Like I... I reiterate the fact that there are no dumb questions. I didn't even know I, I was on their website for like hours beforehand. And I was like, I don't know how this all interacts and how this works. And so it was really nice to get that clarity because like, it seems really like a, a solid ecosystem and platform that they've built. So I'm excited to dive in a little bit more. And now that I actually understand how it works, what it is and really what they're doing. Agreed. Me too. I'm super excited and I'm serious about, I think it needs to be one of our upcoming tutorials where we figure it out. Let's, yeah, let's figure let's it out together. Dive in. Yeah. 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 I love that idea. Awesome. All right. Well, um, you know, since we're talking about doxing ourselves and all that, we want to make sure that you um, follow us on all the socials and you can find us at the Nifty Chicks Oh my gosh, I cannot find the right thing to display. So we're just going to display that one with the hashtag, the Nifty Chicks. Uh, so <laughs> you can find us on all the socials. We are at the Nifty Chicks. That is the N-I-F-T-Y Chicks, C-H-I-C-K-S. That's right. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the Nifty Chicks. Always remember, invest in yourself. You are worth it. Please listen carefully to the following disclaimer. Neither the host nor the guests of the Nifty Chicks podcast are acting in the capacity of financial advisors. We wish to remain transparent and impartial to the NFT community at all times, and therefore, the content provided by the Nifty Chicks hosts and guests are intended for general information purposes only. 
Nothing written or discussed by the Nifty Chicks hosts and guests should be construed or relied upon as investment, financial, legal, regulatory, accounting, tax, or similar advice. Nothing should be interpreted as a solicitation to invest in any cryptocurrency or NFT, and nothing herein should be construed as a recommendation to engage in any investment strategy or transaction. Please be advised that it is in your own best interest to consult with investment, legal, tax, or similar professionals regarding any specific situation and any prospective transaction decisions. You must do your own research when considering investing in cryptocurrencies or NFTs. We are simply sharing our journey with you as we learn more about the world of NFTs. Happy minting.